0: Listen up Rockstar Nation. I am going on three years now doing this podcast and you know I've had uh, well over 300 guests on here and I hope you guys have learned a lot. I know I have learned a ton and, and even though we try to get to all meat and potatoes... And have people give actionable content on this podcast. There's only so much we can do with one interviewee, and uh, there were a couple of things that I seemed to find that real estate industry, uh, the sales industry, it, at least in my opinion, was yearning for. And one of those is a hyper, hyper, hyper focus. On the listing appointments, I think there's a huge frustration out there from agents that, you know, quite frankly, lose listing appointments. It's It, it can ruin your month. One lost listing, especially if it sells right away and it's a decent price, can ruin your month, it might even ruin your year. It's a, a kick in the gut and nobody wants to feel that. And I think that a lot of people want to be empowered better. And there's very few courses on how to, you know, put on a Superman cape and go in there and and take the listing every single time. So what I did is I interviewed eight top agents from around the world. I've got five different companies represented. All have been on this show. So you guys know them. You know, I've got Jeff Quinton. I've got Nate Martinez, Jeff Cohn. I've got Rachel Adams out of Sacramento, California. Uh, Brendan Payne, Aaron West, Dan Grieb, and Saul Z—all, all super agents, all rock stars—just completely pull back the curtain and let everybody, a camera, see how they do listing appointments. And so what I did is I took these and I broke them up. It, it was evident that everybody's listing appointment pretty much broke down to six steps, and we took these six steps and broke them down into f- more sub then we created quizzes uh that go along with them and a certification and we're calling it uh the listing appointment certification and it's in the finishing phases now Uh, i don't have it for sale and so what i thought i would do is since i haven't spent a dime on marketing yet i will take the marketing fee and the marketing amount normally spent and just discount it for anybody that wants to sign up for it prematurely before it comes out. You don't have to pay anything now. And you don't have to buy it. Just let me know now that you could consider buying it in the future. And you'll get uh, 50% off. I'm going to sell for four ninety nine dollars as soon as I make it uh, public. And then I'll give it to you guys for $249. 249 bucks. All you got to do is send a, an email to rockstar at hybin.com, Rockstar at I'm also uh, creating a, another product with Jeff Cohn, which is a team building product. We don't have the details of the price of that yet, but if you're interested in that, just put uh, also interested in Jeff Cohn's uh, product in the email as well. Just also interested in the team building product as well. So I uh, hope to get your emails and look forward to calling you a certified listing agent and a certified team agent in the future. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a super guest today. I have Karen Cooper from Lovettsville, Virginia, and she is the founder of Empowering Women in Real Estate and a rockstar real estate agent herself, just blowing things up in Lovettsville. So without further ado, Karen, welcome to Pat Hybin Interviews Real Estate Rockstars thank you so much pat i'm really happy to talk with you today so karen why don't you introduce yourself to everybody so they can get to know you better
1: sure i'm happy to um i am a uh i guess what you would call a real estate veteran i've been in in business now for 14 years this is my 14th year Um, been very very fortunate throughout my career i've i've been very blessed i've helped well over 500 families during that time and it, it, it's kind of unique because I've I've been able to participate and, and be actionable in all of the different phases of real estate. I started as a buyer's agent, became a listing specialist um, on a team that you, Pat, actually know very well. I met you a long time ago um, when you came in to be mentored by my team leader, Sherry Wilson. Oh, okay, uh, back, yeah. Yes. Back from the REMAX days a long time ago. And yeah, I've been trying was, to get
0: Sherry on the show. I haven't uh, haven't heard from her in a while.
1: Oh, you should. Yeah, she, she I know would be a great guest for you, too. So I, you know, loved that experience, grew from that experience, became an individual agent, um, was a team leader. I was a managing broker for a couple of years, um, just last year, June. I restarted my real estate business after managing for two and a half years and uh, came back to the field and now own a team with my business partner, Bikini Fell, and uh, we are working hard and making things happen.
0: Wow. So, so let's talk about that because I think that, you know, in, in my mind, it it is sort of the American way to grow, mm-hmm. uh, to grow up vertically in, 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 in any business uh, for a yeah. lot of people, not for everybody. Some people mm-hmm. are fine just staying in the one job or the one position that they're in forever and getting, you know, a 2% increase, 3% increase or whatever. But, but, for the people that really see uh, this as the land of opportunity, you know, they, they like yourself, will go from, you know, buyer agent, listing agent, yep. uh, uh, regular agent, uh, um, office manager, that sort of thing. So take me back, okay, to when you first started. When you first started out mm-hmm. with Sherry, what were you, a buyer agent?
1: I was. I was a buyer's agent with her, and then probably within my first maybe two months, um, I interviewed with her to become a listing specialist, and then that was my focus for the remainder of the six years that I was there.
0: Okay, so so what? Tell me about that. Like, what? Um, why so fast? Two months? I mean, most agents have to be a buyer agent for fifteen years before they get to be a listing agent.
1: Um, you know, I, I, it just worked for me. It always seemed very natural to me. It came very naturally to me. Um, Sherry felt very comfortable. Um, she, she put me through the ringer. I had to present. Uh, I was very strange and awkward in her office to present my listing presentation to her as if she were the seller, and I had shadowed other agents that were in the office. Um, really, I spent every single day in the office, all day, every day, for months when I started to make sure that I could learn as much as I could and to pick up as much as I could. And I think that showed and she allowed me um, the ability to take her listings, And um, it was, it was an amazing opportunity.
0: So uh, back then, let's go back there. Mm -hmm. How many listing appointments were you going on a week in your peak?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, In the peak. I mean, there were weeks that I could easily go on 10, 15 listing appointments in a week.
0: Wow. And, and is that all you did is go on listing appointments, bring them back, go on listing appointments, bring them back?
1: Um, a little bit. I mean, we part of our responsibilities there were to go, let uh, to do desk duty. That's what we did back then. And uh, so I still had desk duty. I signed up for every slot I could possibly get. Um, and so I did work with a few buyers that I would pick up from my desk duty. Um, but for the most part, it was the listing.
0: Wow. And then uh, you did that six years. Yep, that's right. And then what?
1: Uh then it was at the time for a change. Sherry was kind of shifting a little bit in her business. Um I was pregnant with my third son and um you know I had gotten to the point there where I was getting more and more sear business, more and more repeat business, but I was kind of a secret agent in that everything that I did was in Sherry's name. So people didn't really know me. And you know, that's a that's a big part of your business is being able to promote yourself and market yourself. And so it was time for a change, and uh, so I left her and I went to uh, century twenty one Redwood in Ashburn.
0: And uh, you went on your own and how'd that go?
1: It went really well. Um, I, I did form up with some friends that I had long term relationships with, and we had our own sort of team there. We weren't uh, we didn't have a sort of a cohesive leadership there. Um, But we did work together. We were accountability partners together. Um, But it did great. We were consistently the the top team at that company. Um, I was doing 50 to 60 transactions a year and really enjoying it.
0: And then what happened?
1: (laughs) And then I was tired. (laughs) Um, You burnt out, I was burned out. I had uh, I, I was a terrible, and maybe still am, uh, delegator. Uh, didn't um, fully leverage myself as I could or should or know now how to do. Well, that's like five um,
0: deals a month plus three little boys, right?
1: Yes, that's exactly right. That's um, crazy. So
0: it was it it
1: was tough, and uh, I was tired. And the owners of the company. Um, they were growing rapidly, and they came to me one day and said, you know, I'm sure you're not interested, but we're growing. We need a managing broker for this office, and, you know, we, we'd love for you to do it. And he, I, I said, yes, <laughs> tell me more. Um, and so I did, and I ended up managing that office, which was their largest office, and then uh, within another year added on their second office um, in Loudoun County, and uh, I managed about 125 agents for two and a half years.
0: Okay. And what'd you learn in that time in dealing with 125 agents?
1: Oh, um, I learned a lot of different things. I learned that um, there are all sorts of agents in the world. Um, and a lot of people, I, I unfortunately, I'm not sure, understand that in real estate, You have to be willing to go get it. You can't just sit back and wait for it to come to you. Um, I I, I learned a tremendous amount in terms of how to deal with clients and how to resolve conflicts because as the broker, that was really my job. Agents came to me with their problems, their problem transactions, their problem listings, their problem clients. Um, and I had to problem solve those. And so um, I really, that was probably one of the, the best learning experiences that, that I've had to date.
0: So uh, so let's talk about that, right? So yeah. conflict resolution, right? Um, yes. Arguing uh-huh. over... And a thousand dollar escrow deposit uh, uh, yeah. back and forth what, what what is the best way to handle it my, my thought process always on that and i I'm not saying I'm right because yeah. a lot of people disagree me was, ah just split it who cares about all these issues yeah. right but it yeah. never worked yeah. like that so so talk to me about that
1: yeah no you know what you and I kind of have a similar philosophy there because I frequently when you know dealing in those situations or you know now when I'm negotiating contracts with my clients, I often find the meet-in-the-middle strategy to be the best. Um, every, no one feels taken advantage of. Everyone feels like, you know, this one's come up just as much as that one's come down. Um, and sometimes, honestly, as an agent, if you're talking about losing a transaction, losing a listing, losing a contract over a $450, you know, broken stove, well, spend the $450 and, and get it done and move on and make a client for life, and and it's going to pay off for you in the long run. I one of my frustrations that I used to, to see a lot um is agents become very fixated on the individual transaction and and the individual the commission for that one transaction. But unless this is your last transaction and you're never going to do any more, then sure, if that's the case, milk it for all it's worth. But otherwise you're building a business and you're building a business for the long term. And so is it really worth fighting over something so small in the grand scheme of things that may affect your business for the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, You know, I can count on one hand the times that I've been, you know, reported to the commission in 27 years of business, and I have had a few, mm-hmm. you know, um, that came up, nothing ever, I never was fined, I never was mm-hmm. uh, found guilty of anything, but I remember one where clearly I was, uh, by my own admission, guilty, like I, mm-hmm. I wasn't as diligent as I should have been in mm-hmm. uh, making the people fill out something on the disclosure. And when the buyers mm-hmm. bought it and moved into the house, and this issue was there, my broker came to me and he was like, "Look, you've been reported to the commission. It's like a twenty four thousand dollar issue." Wow. And he was like, "You you need to you need to get out from under this in any way mm-hmm. you can." And the, my commission on the deal was like a five hundred thousand dollar house. I think mm-hmm. I made like fourteen grand on the commission. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I said, okay, fine. I'll give back the commission. Now this is, this is like six months later and I did it and they took it. They took the 14,000. It was absolved. Every, everything was under, Uh, you know, everything was over. Um, but looking back on it, I'm so glad I did that and didn't jerk around because It could have ruined everything. And like you said, that was one out of thousands of house sales. Exactly.
1: exactly. Well, and what I love about that is that you kind of took responsibility by, you know, admitting that maybe it wasn't, you know, didn't quite handle maybe exactly right and and owning up to that. I mean, everybody makes mistakes and and mistakes happen everywhere in everything that we do. And, And really, it's not so much in the making of the mistake, but in how you address it and handle it afterwards. And and that's really what's what's key, I think.
0: Yeah. And I could have gone back to the sellers and been like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys didn't fill out this disclosure when you should have right. disclosed this. But in reality, I should have been, you must write this in, you know, or you right, must exactly. fill it I was kind of laxadaisical on that. So so you're right. That That's great. So, but don't people generally, don't you find that agents in particular just want to be heard and waste air and 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 fight and, and create drama back and forth, or or do you, do you have to like let them vent for a couple of months before you say, hey, how about we split it or how about we throw in five thousand or one thousand or five hundred bucks? What's the process there?
1: Yeah, you know, I think some do, and and honestly, you know, my personality and kind of my personal philosophy is you don't want that stuff hanging over you. Why are you going to continue to fight and battle? you know, for months just to, to air it out and to go on and on about it. Just just take responsibility, make a decision, decide what you're going to do, how it's going to be handled, and and do it and move on. Because otherwise that two months, three months, six months, whatever that process is that you're having to deal with, it's going to eat at you and it's always going to be hanging over your head and, and it's going to impact the rest of your business and, and really your health and your personal life and everything else. So So just take care of it and move on.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. So you manage 125 Century 21 agents. You, mm-hmm. you, you then decide, okay, you know what? I want to be an agent again, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So how did you go about, uh, starting fresh again? Did you, do you go back and, and look up all your clients that you've touched or do you go mm-hmm. back to, what do you, what do you do? How do you start new?
1: Yeah, so um, it, my mom passed away last year, last spring. And uh, that is what really sort of changed my sort of life, if you will, and, and perspective and focus. And, and so a few months after that in June, I went back to the field and I started completely over again. And what I did um, is I started by sending announcements. I had a beautiful announcement printed and I mailed it to everyone in my database anybody that I had done the business with before. Um, I took out a advertisement in our local paper, um, actually a couple of local papers I think. Um, you know, Karen's back. of thing and um and just spread the word social media has been big for me for a long time i am a huge proponent of being engaged with your community um both your community physically and your community online um and so that's really what i did spreading the word letting everyone know that i was i was back in business
0: give me some specifics some actionable content what what are like five things that karen did to get Mm -hmm. back in business
1: Yep. So it was the announcement, number one, making sure that everyone and, and everybody knew. Was that a um, postcard?
0: It, was it a letter with a business it was card? A what was it?
1: Yeah, it was a postcard printed. Um, it was mailed in an envelope, handwritten, um, very professionally done. Um, there were the print ads I took out in two newspapers, um, and there were a number of social media um, posts, um, kind of uh, announcements, letting everybody know that, that I was back at it.
0: And then you just went and on uh, on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, okay. whatever. You just started type, yep. typing in names of of people and connecting to them.
1: Um, sort of. I mean, I you know I, when I put my announcement out there to everyone that I was back in business, I obviously got a lot of comments immediately, and uh, a lot of people, past clients, friends who had never been clients before. Oh, great! You know, we may be meeting you soon. Um, looking forward to to whatever. Um, and so I made sure that I reached out with them separately and personally to, to get that relationship going. Um, I took rental leads. Anyone that I knew that was looking for a rental, um, you know, I'm a member of a couple of social media groups for, um, local people, kind of mom groups and things like that. People will post looking for a rental and, you know, a lot of agents don't want those. Um, and I took those because I knew those were relationships and it was a great way for me to get reengaged with my business and, and to get back out there.
0: Wow. Okay. And how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going really well. Um, I did last year. I started back in June. Um, I did um, a little over four and a half million um, from June to December, which you know is not uh, is not crazy rock star status, but I think for starting back in business after two and a half years out of it um, was pretty great. And so far this year, I'm up more than fifty percent. I've got about six point six, uh, eight million. Either closed or on the books so far for 2016.
0: Okay, so what's your day look like? What do you What are you doing uh, on a daily basis? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I, I see new agents as this. If some a new agents coming out like yourself, that mm-hmm. is, um, uh, you know, that's a force to be reckoned with, and mm-hmm. um, they're kind of taking business away from other agents. They were coasting. Uh, right? Uh-huh. Like if you, uh-huh. if you hadn't yeah. come back in the game, someone else would yeah. have listed that house, right? Yeah. So what are you right. doing to take that business uh, uh, from these other agents, so to speak? With yeah. The, without, you know, what are you doing? So It's
1: being, it's being engaged. Um, and, and that, that sounds kind of broad and not clear, but, but it, it really is being engaged And by being engaged. Um, what I mean is being engaged with my clients. Um, I do mailers to them Sherry was a a Howard Britton star you probably remember Howard and um, I got an idea from him many years ago at, at something that we went to and I do a a postcard every other month to my clients. Um, I am out there previewing listings. I am looking for opportunities in my local neighborhood, either um, online people who, okay, I'm looking for a realtor or I'm thinking about selling my house, or even the person who says, um, you know, I, I need a termite person to treat my house. I'm the first person that jumps up and says, let me help you um, because I want to be their resource. And I know that when I become their real estate resource and I become the person that, the, that, they're, that they think of as soon as they think of real estate, well, then when they're ready to buy or sell a home or when their friend mentions they're ready to buy or sell a home, I'm going to be the first person that they think of. And that is how I've really built my business.
0: Wow. Wow. And so, Give me some exact things that mm-hmm. you're doing maybe on social media.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now what we've been doing, I have a team. Um, uh, we're the Platinum Group Real Estate team at Pearson Smith Realty. And so some of the things that we've been doing um, is through our Facebook business page. Um, we post regularly. Um, usually I'm the one doing the posting. I, I, I enjoy it. Um and so we're we're doing a variety of different things. Every time we have a new listing, we're posting it. We're posting all of our coming soon listings there. Um, we're twice a week, we are posting um, testimonials for the agents on our team. Um, we're doing open house alerts. Um, it, when we had the blizzard here, Um, a couple of months ago we did sort of a, you know, everybody snowed in. So, um, do some online shopping with us. And all day long we were posting photos of listings and then we boost those posts. So it's not just the seven or 800 people who have already liked and are engaging with our group. We're boosting it and, and we're getting a lot more content and reach from it there.
0: Wow. Wow. So you've seen a lot of houses, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, what uh, would you say the weirdest thing you've ever seen in a house is? <laughs>
1: um, so this is more of a PG rated show. So I no, will probably please. not it, tell you.
0: It's, no, it's it's fine. It could be an R rated show. We're not audited or, or <laughs> you just tell it, tell it.
1: Uh, I, I was, i was thinking the right word to use. I was actually showing a house uh, to my accountant. Um, he was looking for an investment property. And uh, we went out to view a property, I, I don't remember if it was a maybe a foreclosure or a bank owned, um, and um, there were some, how do I say the right words, there were some fabric-like things um, that someone had attached to the chandelier in the dining room, mm. and it was very strange and odd and um not something that you expect to see yeah, in a house. And you're with like, your what's talent.
0: that? Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: go to the other room. House yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So you mentioned something about the coming soon. And I know mm-hmm. that you're a member of Maris uh, in Virginia, as in Maryland, mm-hmm. they have Maryland yep. too. And and yep. they have this new status coming soon. More mm-hmm. and more MLSs are coming out with this. It used to be yeah. a taboo thing, right? It used to be like only mm-hmm. commercial agents mm-hmm. can sell something exclusively or advertise it exclusively mm-hmm. or or even tell about a listing before it was mm-hmm. public to everybody and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that sort of thing. But now a lot of agents across the country and Canada and everywhere where there's a hot market, they are gladly and overtly uh, trying uh-huh. to sell listings before they're actually listed uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And, and and so talk to me what what are you doing yeah. to try to sell yeah. houses in double dip?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I don't try to double dip. Um, I do not do dual agency. That is a decision that I made uh, quite a while ago. And so all of my listing agreements specify that I will not do dual agency. Really? Um, of course, If yes. Um, if a buyer comes in on, a uh, buyer lead comes in on one of my listings, it goes to someone on my team. So what, I can, I why? You can, why do you
0: do that? Why do I do that? Because I
1: feel that I can't give proper representation. I can't. Once we do enter into that dual agency agreement, I can no longer really advise my seller, who was my first client, or now my buyer. Um, I become more of functioning in a ministerial capacity. But you're and, okay with
0: one of your team agents doing it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. They can uh, represent the buyer. And, my and, you, and you, would get my a, you would
0: get a proportion of the commission on that, right? <laughs>
1: Yep, okay. that's correct. That's correct. So I do not use the coming soon status in the MRIS. The, um, the rule with that is that if you list it in the MRIS as coming soon, you cannot show it. And I don't think that provides a good service to my seller. Um, part of the idea of the coming soon is drumming up excitement and interest in the property. And if there's a, a, a great client who's here for a limited period of time that finds this coming soon listing and wants to see it, it's in my seller's best interest that we be able to show it to them. And so I do not use MRIS
0: to. You think, you think it hurts them, huh? But I do. I
1: do think it does. Um, we. I want them to be able to have the, the greatest amount of flexibility possible. And so my coming soon. I promote through social media channels. Um, we have a lot of local Loudoun County, Northern Virginia, uh, DC Metro real estate groups on Facebook where we share our coming soon listings. We share our buyer needs. Um, I post it on our team Facebook group. And I'm a so isn't, but, agent. but isn't that
0: more apt to cause dual agency if you post it on your private Facebook than if it's posted in the MLS? For those of you who don't have... Uh, this feature, the MLS will actually post a coming soon in in a in the active status. So anybody looking mm-hmm. on MLS or Zillow or Trulia or whatever sees a listing and go oh here's a new listing and then they say oh it's coming soon it's coming on the market you know april mm-hmm. 1st and then they could wait mm-hmm. for it and it creates an auction type atmosphere when it comes on the market so wouldn't mm-hmm. posting it on social media be worse than having it posted or or why wouldn't you do both i mean to so talk to me about what your thought process yeah there.
1: yeah yeah well because again it's that it's that limitation of not being able to show it and you know if, if the mris status of coming soon would let us show it before it goes active then that would be great and I would do it all day long. But I want my seller to have that flexibility. Our area, we're, you know, ninety minutes or less outside of Washington DC. It, this is a very transient area. We see a lot of people moving in and out for relocations. They're coming into town on a two day trip to find a home and they may see my listing as coming soon, but they can't actually view it. And that's not going to be beneficial to my seller. So I would rather spread the word through other channels. I can do it on Zillow. I can post a coming soon on Zillow and get the word out. Um, I've had consumers, the public, see a boosted post on a coming soon on one of our listings on our team Facebook page and tag their agent because they're interested in it. And that's great. We're happy to do that and we're pleased to show it to them.
0: Hmm. And that that way you can work with co-op agents Mm -hmm. outside of Maris. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you have to get something special signed by your sellers that says mm-hmm. you can show this prior mm-hmm. to MLS?
1: Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a separate form that we have now. Our listing agreements reference it, and there's a whole pre-marketing coming soon addendum where we specify is it going to go in MRIS coming soon or not? Um, am I allowed to show it or not? Can I put up a sign or not? Um, that kind of thing.
0: Okay, so let's drill down on the listing appointment because obviously you worked with Sherry for six years doing mm-hmm. 10 to 15 listing appointments uh, a week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what did you learn as far as what is the best way today mm-hmm. if you want to mm-hmm. secure the listing and beat out other agents? What is the best mm-hmm. way to do a listing presentation?
1: So I've completely changed my style from what I did, what I learned initially with Sherry. What what I have found now and what works for me really well at this point is really focusing on a very specific marketing plan for my clients, and I do take both you know, the big presentation, the marketing proposal, um, you know, that's the thing that I used to do with Sherry where I would go through and, you know, you're talking for 30 minutes about what you're going to do for them and why you're going to do it and, you know, their eyes are glazing over. Uh, I, I don't do that. Now it's more about making a connection. Um, I, I get a pie and I take it with me before I go on my appointment and I, you know, present them with it when I go to the house wow. and I, I tour the property and I I learn more about their needs and, and find ways to connect with them and, and then I present. Um, I have a one-page detailed marketing plan that I've prepared and personalized for them prior to the appointment. Uh, every property out here is a little different. We're in an area that's a great mix of, of rural properties, farms, acreage, um, and then your your traditional. Um, you know, HOA communities and, and townhomes and condos, and so it, it's different. It's different marketing depending on where the home is specifically located. And so, I'll I'll put together something very specific. Maybe I do drone photography for a farm, um, but that's not going to be appropriate for the four-level townhouse. Um, and, and I really speak very, um, heavily and in detail with them about what we're going to do before it goes on the market and what we're going to do after and how we're going to get it done.
0: So, so what are some other things that might change from listing appointment to listing appointment that you would put on that list?
1: hmm Um, we do a lot of the 3D Matterport tours. I don't know if you've seen those. Those are pretty awesome. Um, those are great for a large home with big expansive rooms. Um, we offer that. Um, we do a lot of the uh, Facebook advertising, the boosted posts. I'll identify keywords I want that I'm going to include um, when I'm targeting my audience for that post. Um, depending on where the property is located, um, we do a lot of broker showcases. Again, depending on where the home is located um, different, different sorts of things like that. Um, it it really just depends on what type of property it is.
0: So you'll have something printed out that says Mr. And Mrs. Rutherford, um, Mm -hmm. and their address. And it'll say, I'm going to put you on Facebook page, but here's the keywords I'm going to use for your, for your listing. And it's going to be like people that have liked the neighborhood or people that have liked the nursery school down the street or whatever. And you're going to list those things out. To yep. make it seem like, well, in, in reality is what it is, and you're going to print that out and it's going to say exactly specifically down to every last action that you take what you're going to mm-hmm. do for them.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, and, and I like to utilize, There's a great service that um, I found through a colleague called List Reports, it's listreports.com. And it's a great place, especially for my rural properties. I, I you know, Lovettville is where I, I live and where I, I grew what up. What is it? What is and, it? What is what? List reports? Yeah. yeah. Um so, for example, so for like Lovettsville, where you're a little bit further out, when the complaint from buyers is like well, you're too far away. So, list report says a lot of different things, but it will give you these these graphics, and it puts puts together these charts for you of well, there are this many restaurants within a five mile radius of this property, hmm. and um, you are two miles from an ATM, and you're four miles from a grocery store. So, it kind of highlights the things that are close to you that a buyer may not think of, and so it can be a great way to assist with marketing those further out properties because you're taking away the objection right away I like to to, I like to try to think what the buyer's objection to the property is going to be and then I want to find a way to take it away
0: so you do a list report then you bring it on the listing presentation and you say Mm -hmm. listen you know I think the objections first of all you Mm -hmm. say you have a great house it's going to sell blah 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 but then after that you say listen Here's the possible objections. I, I want to play devil's advocate because that's my job yeah. too. And I think the objection is it's people are going to say, hey, it's too far out in the country. It's not close enough mm-hmm. to downtown. And, mm-hmm. and and in order to get away from that, I've printed out this mm-hmm. list report. Hey, check this out. And they're going to yeah. show that. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then you're going to. Yeah. And then you're going to include that maybe in the brochure or leave it in the yep. house.
1: Yep. Okay. I can have it in the house. I can load it under documents in the in, in MRIS. Um, we can share it on social media, um, and it's a great way to, to resolve that. And then for the seller to see that we're thinking outside the box, we're paying attention to their property specifically, um, and, and trying to do things that are are going to, to work for them.
0: Wow. So let me get back to something you said earlier, and that is, you know, you were selling uh, on your own, you were selling five Mm -hmm. houses a month. You were, you know, you had three little kids, you burnt Mm -hmm. out, right? So now you're back at it. What are you doing different to ensure that that doesn't happen again? (laughs) Yeah, great question.
1: (laughs) So um, my husband would be very interested in the answer as well. Um, Part of that is, is with the team. Uh, Now that I have the team, um, in place. I have a, a wonderful group of, of women that I work with. There's 14 of us in total. Um, I am much more specialized in what I do. I, I mostly work with sellers. I only work with just a very few, two to three buyers at a time. Um, really, a lot of the time and the running around is, is with the buyers, and I can't do everything that I need to do and, and do that as well. Um, so, my team primarily works with the buyers. Um, I'm able to focus on working with my sellers, generating more business, um, making sure that everyone on the team has what, what they need. Um, and then I, I have a, a great, very strong administrative support staff. I have a client care manager who's a full-time employee who helps with um, all of the processing of my files, my listings, um, a, a lots of, of different things, communication with clients, Um, And I also have a full-time marketing director and graphics designer on staff who takes care of all of the creative things that we need, either in print, brochures, social media, uh, whatever that might be.
0: So it sounds like you've been careful to hire people uh, staff members that can spit nails, so to speak, you know, that can, Mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. Like you're not going to get back after, uh, doing listing appointments and on the road all Mm -hmm. day. And then there's going to be a list of 47 people. You got to call back, you you know, it's going to all be taken care of when you get back.
1: Yeah. I'm a big fan of time blocking and I'm very intentional with my time, uh, you know, I'm usually home by six or seven in the evening and unless I'm negotiating a contract or something comes up urgently, I'm not really doing much of anything at home after that time. Um so I, I really try to focus. If you're proactive, I'm a big fan of Brian Buffini. I followed his stuff for a long time. And one of the things he talks about is when you place the call out to someone, it takes three minutes, but when they call you first, you're looking at more like 15 to 20 minutes. And so I don't want my client to have to call me first. I want to be the one who's following up with them first, letting them know what's going on. And it just helps for everything to flow so much more easily and I can control it better.
0: Wow. Okay. So let's wrap this up with a a cause that you're uh, very passionate about. That is uh, what they call EWRE, empowering women in real estate. Tell me about that. Yes.
1: Uh so Empowering Women in Real Estate is a group that I started. Uh it's been almost two years ago now. It'll be two years in, I think July or August. Uh we're up to uh a little over sixteen hundred members. Uh, we have women nationwide. Um it is a group for women in the real estate industry. It's primarily real estate agents. We also have a lot of loan officers, women who work with title companies. Um and we're not your usual group. It's not the Facebook group where everybody's griping and complaining about, you know. Whatever transaction agent and um, and and promoting their listings and their brokers opens and promoting themselves, it's really um, kind of more of a of a big picture empowering women thing it's It's sort of like I can imagine of course I'm not part of it what you do with your go abundance with men mm. um, you know we are supporting each other and and holding each other accountable. We did a, an accountability series that I led um, back in February where twice a week I, I you know, kind of gave a little task that needed to be done that that, that you should be focusing on in your business and, and everybody uh commented when they completed it. It's 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 focusing on goals, how to balance this business. This business is, is is crazy and it's not for everyone and you need to really have a strong support system. I'm I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people who are like minded and and that is what this group represents.
0: Yeah, so it's a mastermind group for women in real estate, and you just exactly you help each other, and you and <laughs> and you help each other set goals and and stay yep. motivated, right?
1: Yes, absolutely right.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, listen, Karen, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time out today to to come on the show and share all your knowledge, all of all of the things that Karen mentioned. I'm going to put on hybendigital.com backslash Karen Cooper, and I uh, will put a link to the Facebook site Empowering Women in Real Estate. If you are a woman and are empowered or want to be empowered, uh, you need to check it out. So, again, Karen, thanks a lot, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you, Pat. I really enjoyed it. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rock Stars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with these insights along with goal setting will help carry you to achieving your destiny visit hybendigital.com for resources how to's ebooks and so much more also reach out to us on twitter my handle is at and don't forget rockstar nation keep rocking listen up rockstar nation i am going on three years now doing this podcast and you know i've had oh well over 300 guests on here and i hope you guys have learned a lot i know i have learned a ton and and even though we try to get to all meat and potatoes and have people give actionable content on this podcast there's only so much we can do with one interviewee, and uh, there were a couple of things that I seemed to find that real estate industry, uh, the sales industry, it, at least in my opinion, was yearning for. And one of those is a hyper, hyper, hyper focus on the listing appointments. I think there's a huge frustration out there from agents that, you know, quite frankly, lose listing appointments. It's it, it can ruin your month. One lost listing especially if it sells right away and it's a decent price can ruin your month might even ruin your year it's a a kick in the gut and nobody wants to feel that and i think that a lot of people want to be empowered better and there's very few courses on how to you know put on a superman cape and go in there and and take the listing every single time so what i did is i interviewed eight top agents from around the world i've got five different companies represented all have been on this show so you guys know them you know i've got jeff quinton i've got nate martinez jeff cone i've got rachel adams out of sacramento california uh brendan payne aaron west dan Grebe, and saul z all all super agents all rock stars just completely pull back the curtain and let everybody a camera see how they do listing appointments and so what i did is i took these and i broke them up it, it was evident that everybody's listing appointment pretty much broke down to six steps, and we took these six steps and broke them down into more sub-chapters. Then we created quizzes uh, that go along with them and a certification, and we're calling it uh, the Listing Appointment Certification. And It's in the finishing phases now. Uh, I don't have it for sale, and so what I thought I would do is, since I haven't spent a dime on marketing yet, I will take the marketing fee and the marketing amount normally spent and just discount it for anybody that wants to sign up for it prematurely before it comes out. You don't have to pay anything now and you don't have to buy it. Just let me know now that you could consider buying it in the future and you'll get 50% off. I'm going to sell for $4.99 as soon as I make it public and then I'll give it to you guys for $249, 249 bucks. All you got to do is send a, an email to rockstar at hybin.com. rockstar at hybin.com. I'm also uh, creating a, another product with Jeff Cone, which is a team building product. We don't have the details of the price of that yet, but if you're interested in that, just put uh, also interested in Jeff Cohn's uh, product in the email as well. Just also interested in the team building product as well. So, I hope to get your emails and look forward to calling you a certified listing agent and a certified team agent in the future. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.